Welcome to Arts Underground. We're out on a field trip today in Offbeat Coffee Studio. While the artistic steamy libations offered here are magnificent, we're here to learn about the other half of the studio and how Huntsville native Kyle Husband got interested in the coffee vinyl combo. The place is abuzz with enthusiastic conversation, the tinkering of preoccupied baristas, and beloved Fleetwood Mac hits in the background. We start our conversation as Kyle takes it back to his early record store days. Uh, honestly, the first record store that I remember going to was Vertical House Records that is still there. Uh, this was two locations ago. I'm thinking it was probably somewhere around 2000, early 2000, something like that. But I remember going to Low Mill and, uh, you know, Andy owns Vertical House Records. Andy was one of the first businesses in there that was a permanent business. And uh, I just remember, like, thumbing through all of his records with my dad and uh, using my dad's old record equipment when I was younger and... Uh, yeah, just brought, you know, a lot of joy and, and whatnot. But honestly, that is probably the only record store I ever went to uh, when I was when I was younger. Yeah. Going to Vertical House, did that sort of inspire you to open up Offbeat back in 2019 here at Campus 805? Uh, I mean, I could say that it, it definitely did. Like like all the record stores that, that I went to, uh, I could say were inspiration. Uh, you know, I started going uh, to Detroit with my wife when we met. And so... We always go to Third Man Records when we're up there. That's probably the coolest uh, record shop I've ever been to, uh, owned by Jack White. And uh, actually, one of her cousins used to work there, so we kind of had a little bit of an in to go check out behind the scenes and stuff there. We go to New Orleans a lot, and in New Orleans, I always try to hit up record stores. Uh, my favorite one down there is called Euclid Records. There's also another one called Peaches. Uh, Peaches is a little bit more touristy. It's really cool. I actually went down there and talked to the owners down there when we were in the process of trying to get open here to kind of get some advice and whatnot. So yeah, those are, those are some of my favorite record stores for sure. And can you describe what the vibe is in here? There's this amazing background that's like perfect setup for Instagram pictures and stuff like that. The uh, shop itself was actually designed by my wife, Anna. And you mentioned that there are, you know, Instagrammable spots. She actually designed it to have Instagrammable spots. So we've got this nice colorful uh, wallpaper wall. We've actually, we're sitting under a lamp that was made from a saxophone uh, and the bottom of that is actually from reclaimed wood from the French Quarter in New Orleans that was reclaimed after Katrina and then you know the rest of the shop is mostly black with uh, you know some some lighting and whatnot but uh, the vibe don't forget the velvet seats that we're sitting on too (laughs) obviously can't forget the velvet seats but you know the vibe that we were kind of going for was a clean modern vibe uh, while still being you know welcoming and and not too many like hard edges we wanted we wanted it to be a little bit softer it's pretty apparent that there are some people here drinking coffee too so what was the appeal of serving coffee and selling records at the same time in the same place here at offbeat so we originally wanted to open a coffee shop and uh we wanted a way to set ourselves apart and you know i've always loved records uh like i kind of mentioned earlier i grew up listening to my dad's uh, records on his record equipment and i just thought that having the selection of records would help bring people in to drink coffee i thought you know the coffee would be a good thing for people that wanted to come and look at records and i just kind of felt like there was a lot of synergy between the two the records and the coffee Did you ever go to a a record store that was anything like this before in your life? 
no. Uh, I have never been to another record store that is also a coffee shop. Now, I have been to coffee shops that spin vinyl and have records like, you know, behind the bar, over by the, the record player or whatnot, but uh, never one that actually had a selection to buy and had coffee. The last couple of years have been kind of crazy, especially for independent businesses like your own. Um, can you talk about navigating the height of the pandemic, navigating that situation for Offbeat? I mean, it was it was kind of crazy, you know, when the when when the pandemic first hit and everything shut down. You know, I had to make one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make, and we laid off uh, our entire staff besides ownership. You know, it was just me and my wife and our business partner Drew running the shop for months there when everything was shut down. And uh, you know, luckily I was able to hire most of those people back and and get it going again. But you know, the pandemic has definitely been. Uh, it's been interesting to try to navigate, you know, our sales are just now kind of getting back to where they were in 2019. Uh, you know, it's slowly growing and growing and growing, but you know, to get through that, however long it's been now, two years, two and a half years of slowness has been pretty brutal, honestly. And, you know, making the comeback, you have these employees here. Would you say that they're trained, they're trained baristas, of course, but would you also say that they're trained on helping to select the records to sell here in the store? Or what's that process like? So um, I would say that we are a coffee shop first and a record shop second. So our main focus is on the coffee. So most of their training does go into the coffee side of things. Now, obviously, uh, if you know any baristas, most baristas love music. They have an eclectic taste in music. Um, we have an eclectic taste in records. So they definitely are good at helping customers out with the records and helping them select uh, things that they think that they will like. But I wouldn't say I've necessarily trained them to do that. It's just something that they have kind of picked up on and uh, are, are good at doing themselves. What are some of your favorite records that you've had come through the store that you may have you may wish you could have gotten a, a hold of yourself? Um, well, there's been quite a few. You know, I have I mentioned Third Man Records earlier. Uh, my uh, wife's cousin that used to work there actually gave me her personal Third Man record collection when we uh, were starting to get open. And it was a bunch of limited releases and first pressings and, and just super limited release records. And, you know, we still have a few of those on the shelves because they are quite pricey. But a lot of those I kind of wish I could have just kept. I really like the rare records. Um, we just actually got one in recently. Uh, it's one of Dil uh, not Dylan. It's one of uh, Neil Young's records. And, you know, I was looking up pricing on it and I realized that it was a like a $200 record. And I was like, who in Huntsville is going to pay $200 for an old Neil Young record? So it's priced for 50, but uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of records like that, and and I've definitely used Offbeat as a way to kind of beef up my personal record collection. If I'm being super honest, not a lot of records come in that I wish I would have kept because I probably already <laughs> kept them. So you mentioned that you had a, a special personal connection with your dad and records, listening to music. Yeah. Um, what sort of memory stands out to you the most about? buying a vinyl record with your dad or just sitting down and listening to one? The first time going to Vertical House, he was with me, and, and that, that memory really sticks out in my head. Like, I can I could paint a picture of what Vertical House looked like at that time. And, uh, you know, just kind of thumbing through the records with him, and, and he, you know, he's a big classic rock fan, so uh, thumbing through the classic rock records and, you know, j just doing that. I also remember he had this one Kansas album 
I can't remember which one it is. It's the one with like the Pegasus on the front, though. And I remember me and him used to listen to that record pretty much nonstop when we were listening to music together. So, you know, that record will always have a special place in my heart. And how about when you kind of graduated to buying your own music? What, what's, what's the first record you can remember buying and where? You know, the, the, the records that I have more of a sentimental attachment to are records that I've bought at shows. Um, you know, I really like live music, uh, especially when I was in college. I went to a show probably once a week for the entirety of the time that I was in college. And, you know, I bought a lot of records from those smaller bands that I would be seeing at their shows. And I still have a lot of those records. And those tend to be some of the more rare records as well, uh, which is pretty cool. But I would say maybe an R.L. Burnside record uh, when I lived in Mississippi or... Uh, maybe a Wolfpack record uh, that, that I bought at a Wolfpack show in Michigan. The ones that come attached with memories, I think, are the ones that are the most special. are back talking with Kyle Husband. He is the owner of Offbeat Coffee Studio here in Huntsville, and you are listening to Arts Underground. Kyle, what were you listening to in the car on the ride over here? You're going to hate this answer. I was listening to a book on tape. <laughs> That's fair. What were you listening to? I was listening to The Talisman by Stephen King. I've been on a Stephen King kick lately. Uh, I usually like to listen to books on tape as I'm trying to go to sleep. Perfect place to put it in the car then, yeah. <laughs> it was still on from last night, uh, and I didn't have to, I was running late to talk to you, so I didn't have time to choose any music. Um, no judgment, no judgment. <laughs> usually I listen to, I listen to a lot of Sirius XM. I don't like to like pick and choose song by song what I'm, what I'm listening to. That's one thing I love about vinyl in particular is that, you know, you've got to listen to the whole album. So yeah, I listen to radio, I listen to Sirius. I tend to not put Spotify on in the car. I, I listen to it at home, but yeah. That is actually a question I was going to ask you because a lot of people, especially record store owners, have an opinion about listening to vinyl versus digital music. Do you have a preference or do you just, I mean, you said you dabble in both, but. Uh, no, I definitely have a preference. I would much rather listen to uh, vinyl. I think that it is a uh, cleaner sound. I think it sounds like it's it's closer to what the artist envision it is supposed to sound like. You know, I also like the fact that you can't really skip around. You can't just listen to this song or that song off of an album. You've got to take in the whole album or at least half the album if you're only going to listen to half a record. And I feel like, you know, a lot of these musical artists have built these albums in such a way to where that is the best way to consume that music. And... You know, I, I think that's important, but, you know, it is kind of a pain to be getting up in the middle of a party and, and, and flipping a record every 20 minutes or whatever. But, you know, I kind of like doing that. It's more it's kind of like a, I, I like the, the, the all the little things that you that you have to do to be able to listen to vinyl. Like you have to, you know, take the sleeve out of the outer sleeve. You have to pull the record out. You have to inspect it to see how dirty it is. You have to put it on the record player. You have to drop the needle on it. You know, that's it's kind of a. Uh, like a little little ritual that you that you have to go through every time you want to listen to music, and I really like that aspect of it. You'd think that in the 21st century there'd be a little robot that can do all that for us, right? Right. I mean, that, that's true. And, you know, um, going back to one of your previous questions, talking about why we decided to do vinyl records with Offbeat Coffee, one of our original thoughts were we want people to get back to, like, tactile, actually 
touching things. So, you know, with the coffee, we have a we have a completely manual espresso machine. Uh, it's pretty old school. Everything we do in here, we hand make all of our syrups. We have pour overs, which is a manually brewed uh, cup of black coffee that our baristas make. Everything is very intentional. Everything is very manual. Everything is very hands on. And, you know, that's kind of how I feel about records as well. You know, you, you can't listen to a record by, by hitting a button. Like there's a lot that goes into it. And uh, I think that those two things go really well together. And, you know, I think in this day of digital music, uh, people kind of miss having a stack of records or a stack of CDs or a stack of tapes or whatever it may be. Uh, there's just something about actually being able to touch the music, if you will. And, and I think that that is uh, uh, one of the cooler things about records. I got to ask, what do you think about remasters? I was talking about that with somebody the other day. Um, because we were talking about the quality of sound and a lot of, you know, the digital music, they'll go in every couple of years and remaster an album. What do you think of those? I mean, I don't really have a strong opinion on remasters, honestly. Uh, if it sounds better, then it sounds better. You know, technology has come a long way since records uh, came out. And, you know, if people want to go in and, and remaster their music, then more power to them. Like, if it sounds good, I'll, I'll still listen to it. Let's talk about the artists that you're into. What, what artists really shaped your musical taste today, and how has that sort of evolved over your lifetime? I know that's a lot to ask, but... Well, I grew up listening to a lot of, like, 90s country and classic rock. Then I would say in high school, I listened to a lot of, like, poppy, like, rock kind of stuff, and then uh, started kind of getting into more jam band stuff. And then uh, when I got into college, I really started going to see live music. One of my favorite bands is Umphreys McGee. And, you know, they are on the quote-unquote jam band circuit. But in my opinion, they are more of a prog rock band. And, uh, you know, they're known for their uh, live performances and uh, for, you know, never playing the same song the same way. I think listening to them has, has really kind of helped to shape what I listen to now. They've got songs that sound almost like electronic music. They've got songs that sound like hard rock. They've got songs that sound like folk music. Like, they, they pretty much cover almost all the genres. And, you know, I think uh, listening to them kind of helped open my eyes to some genres that I hadn't really been paying much attention to before. You know, as for now newer music that I've been listening to recently I would say uh, I really like Glass Animals uh, Billy Strings he does some really cool stuff with bluegrass and kind of that electronic vibe uh, if you see him live and uh, I still like the jam bands I saw Fish this summer uh, I've got Primus tickets for April so you know that that whole festival scene is probably the kind of music that that I like the best kind of wanted to go back you were talking about going out to shows and buying albums at shows and a really cool thing around here is there are a lot of local musicians who are really really talented and you can do that at their shows as well um, can you talk about your partnership here at Offbeat with local musicians I bought my Wanda album here months and months and months ago but yeah can you talk about that Obviously, as a record store, we try to support local musicians as, as much as we can. We've had, you know, music videos shot in here. Uh, Wanda's played in here. People that you probably haven't heard of have played in here as well. You know, it's just we, we our doors are open to any local musician to sell their music, to come perform live, to do to do anything like that. Um, you know, one of my uh, favorite local bands is uh, Johnny and the Black Frames. 
and uh, the bass player is actually my brother-in-law, uh, so I might be a little biased. But you know, we sell their music, we sell Wanda's music. We try to support all the local, all the local musicians that we, that we can. So somebody decides to go buy a record from a big box store like Target or something. Do you think that that's a mistake? Should they instead buy from a local business such as your own? So, you know, I've got mixed feelings on that. So, obviously, as a small business owner, I try to support local as much as I can. I encourage everyone I know to try to support local uh, as much as they can. You know, I would say come here or go to Maxwell's downtown or go to Vertical House over at Low Mill before trying to go buy a record at Target or Best Buy. But, you know, if you happen to be in Target or Best Buy, see a record you want, like, there's, there's no harm against buying. I, I've bought a record at Best Buy before. Like, it, it's, it's fine. Like, so a lot of times it's an impulse buy. Supporting local is important, but you can't support local 100% of the time. Talk more on that. I, I want to know your opinion a little bit more. You, you said you can't su- support local 100% of the time. I mean, you know, sometimes... Sometimes there's not a local business that offers the things that that you need. You know, sometimes you have to go to a Target or a Best Buy or something like that. Like, I don't know of a local business where I could go buy a big screen TV and a, and a new phone. You know, you know what I mean? So it just kind of depends on what you have access to. And a lot of local businesses uh, tend to be a little bit more expensive. You know, they don't really tend to be one-stop shops like a lot of these these bigger stores can be. I just feel like uh, as long as you're, especially where records are concerned, as long as you're getting your hands on the record, I feel like that's more important than necessarily where you got it from. I want you to talk about the future. Where do you see Offbeat going? Do you see any sort of like feng shui or expansions happening for the record part of the store? I know you said that coffee is first and foremost, but I want to know. Um, you know, I would like to get a little bit more into newer records. Uh, really, the only new records that we carry are local bands. I tend to buy most of my stock from people that are just getting rid of their record collections or their dad's record collections or whatever. And, you know, I would like to get a little bit more into being able to keep up with current releases and things like that. But as far as the record side of things, I don't really see a lot happening in the, in the future. With the coffee side of things, we've got a lot going on. You know, currently trying to get a coffee roastery off the ground and a few other things that we, we have in the works. But yeah, I mean, I think there's room for growth in, in all aspects of the shop. And do you see any uh, more partnerships with local businesses, other local record stores maybe with off, Offbeat? I always try to keep an open line of communication with other local uh, business owners. I think that's really important for the community uh, if we can work together rather than uh, see ourselves as, uh, you know, competition. And it's not all about me. It's not all about one shop. Like, it's about the whole community. And, you know, I I really like to uh, collaborate with other businesses um, and a f- couple other businesses that aren't in the music industry that, w- that we collaborate with, you know, uh, there is uh, Goody Vault, who is owned by a guy named Manny. It is a uh, higher-end vintage clothing spot. It's actually right down the street on Governor's. He shares a building with Derek, who owns Dapper Dude, who makes high-end uh, men's clothing and uh, bow ties and, and pocket squares and things like that. I've actually got him making me a suit right now. We had those people uh, do pop-ups inside of Offbeat. I love using my space as kind of an incubator for other small businesses to be able to uh, get a foothold and, and kind of get off the ground. Now, Kyle, husband, do you have any final thoughts today or want to talk about any fun things coming up here for Offbeat Coffee? 
Um, we do have a few fun things coming up at Offbeat. We have our three-year anniversary coming up. We're going to do a, a three days of Offbeat for our three-year. Uh, it's going to be March 18th through 20th, and we're going to have giveaways and discounts and probably some free coffee and, and, and pretty much a party. We're going to have a little maker's market going on and all that kind of stuff. So come check that out. Uh, spend some vinyl, drink some coffee. We've also got a event for uh, April 20th coming up. It's called 420 Glaze It. We're going to have Krispy Kreme glazed donut milk lattes. Uh, those were a huge hit last year, so we're going to do it again. And yeah, that, that's about what, what we've got going on here at Offbeat in the coming months. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Kyle. It was a pleasure for me. All right, thanks, Katie. It was good talking to you. And this has been another installment of Independent Grooves here on Arts Underground at Offbeat Coffee Studio in Huntsville.